Welcome to Blooming Out on Community Radio, WFHB. Blooming Out is a forum by and for the LGBTQ plus community. Each week we explore the issues, events pertaining to the LGBT community in Indiana, the U.S., and internationally. We speak with guests about human rights, coming out, the legality of being gay, and much more. Blooming Out is a multiple award-winning program here on Community Radio, WFHB. Thanks for listening to Blooming Out. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Blooming Out. I'm Frankie Preslav. I'm Ireland Meacham. I'm Melanie Davis. And I'm Justin Robertson. So tonight we um, are featuring uh, stories from the heartland um, by Ginny Bass, um, the director of Marriage Equality. And we have Faith Hawkins and Glinda Schultz on to talk about their stories. So at the bottom of the hour, um, we're going to... Uh, play their story and then they're going to be on as our guest and we're going to ask them lots of fun questions but before we get to that um let's kind of see what's going on melanie you're all cozy over there <laughs> you got your bangs in your eyes you got your coat on you <laughs> are you cold it's cold <laughs> <laughs> yeah ireland and i are wearing our hats yeah. <laughs> i always wear my hat so i can't <laughs> get in there but yeah that's true everybody you pipes have your froze hat on. at the house i got oh, them no. thought out no it's all right yeah, um, no, nothing burst okay, okay. So, so, but you good. i want to hear you shared with me oh yeah what happened now this yeah. was ingenious so um i we ha we're kind of redoing some of the flooring in the the crawl space mm -hmm. um and or or to the crawl space from the laundry room so what i did is i took the dryer vent uh hose uh -huh. and i i blocked off the vent to the outside and then i took the hose and i ran it under the the uh flooring and in five minutes it thawed out the <laughs> yeah, that's that pretty house. genius. That is, that genius. I thought that was genius. So. But fire hazards I know at who all? To call. What? Oh, it's only 150 degrees. Okay, <laughs> coming out of the the hose. Yeah. I, I I measured it, so <laughs> I was like, yeah. So you had something to measure with? Yeah, I, well, a meat thermometer. Okay, okay. Yeah. I didn't know if you had one of those like oh. Ghostbuster things, you know, and you shoot yeah, it and it gives no, you like the temperature. Not fancy. I got it for five dollars from the okay. uh, Clarence Bennett Kroger. Okay, well, that's <laughs> cool. Well, that was ingenious. I mean, I yeah. think yeah, Thanks. with the Creative. weather being this cold, um, you know, I think that people will need that. You yeah. Know? Well, and the water was running too, so yeah. it froze while the water was oh, running. So God. it was like, really? oh. yeah. I guess um, at one of my son's high schools today I won't say which one it was because um, <laughs> I'm getting this from a 15 year old <laughs> so <laughs> I don't want to quote <laughs> and get us all in trouble but apparently Cite your a, sources. <laughs> that's right yeah. uh, a big pipe busted there when they oh. were leaving school oh, um, so uh, he's hoping that that means no school tomorrow or <laughs> Ice skating. Oh, arse, that's <laughs> a, arse skating. Arse, no, arse well, skating. That's how I do it, but I'm not sure about the rest of you. <laughs> yeah, so uh, lots of um, <laughs> pipes bursting everywhere. So our neighbors 
broke and yours broke. Mm-hmm. Everybody and probably yeah. more. Justin, what's going on? Yes. Oh well, you jumped when I said that. <laughs> I knew, well, you're right <laughs> next to me. <laughs> I can't Justin, see you. I'm tapping you on the shoulder. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I'm excited because I'm leaving for Florida next week. Uh, shush. Oh, mm-hmm. well, in a few days. I don't so yeah, I'm gonna be so, on the beach. What, what part of Florida? I am going to Clearwater. Clearwater. Oh. Where, where's the hotel? What you remember? <laughs> I'll let you know we'll after the show is over. <laughs> or if there's any single <laughs> just no. <laughs> but I do have a place on the beach. Oh, that's so. ex- Are you going Ooh. by yourself? No. Is this work related? No. Oh, it's fun. It's fun. So you're not taking the kids. No. <laughs> God no. Kids. I think he's angling at something. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, good for you. Good for you. I'm going to be like Don't my kids burn. and say, you know, there's a thing called privacy, you know. <laughs> not no, anymore. Not, not when Frankie's around. I'll just, I'll just ask Google. <laughs> Ireland, how about you? Well, school was canceled yesterday yeah. for the cold, uh, which never happens right. at yeah. IU. So that was pretty fun. Um, there was like a petition that was going around I online. I heard 600 people signed. Do you think it oh, had anything to do with it? It was like almost oh. 30,000 people oh, oh, signed. Oh, okay. it. So, I was uh, off a little so much yeah. from my news. So, Wait, isn't that every student? Almost? Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Yeah, well, I think people from like around the country were signing oh, it. Oh, everybody and was like signing it. Okay. Parents and friends and everyone okay. everyone was signing it just to, yeah. yeah. Well, it was really nice to have the day off and not have to go outside did you much, go outside so. at all or? yeah a couple times yeah. i had to it was cold yeah very cold it's <laughs> still cold. very cold yeah, it was definitely cold so yeah so well, everybody's warm and i guess it's going to be supposedly in the 50s this weekend yeah so oh my god it's just it's no we can't yeah. even say that it's everywhere it's that's not, true it's not we can't claim that anymore because mm-hmm. you know but what did trump say that you know it's glow thank goodness for global warming because it's gonna warm everything up yeah well this is just a taste of a nuclear winter tent and then right and then (laughs) australia is bubbling away so yeah we have all kinds of good stuff so but here we are um so what's going on in the world of lgbtq news uh you know i seem to not get all the the uh happy news um from lgbtq nation Empire star Jesse Smollett was hospitalized after a vicious anti-gay hate crime. Uh, Jesse Smollett, an actor best known for his portrayal of gay musician Jamal Lyon in the hit TV show Empire, was hospitalized after a a racist homophobic assault in Chicago this week. The actor reportedly went went to a Subway restaurant near where he was staying around 2 a.m. when two men, both white and wearing ski masks, yelled anti-gay and racist slurs at Smollett and then attacked him. In the course of the fight, Smollett suffered a broken rib and many other contusions. They also poured a chemical substance, uh, believed to be bleach, on the actor. Prior to the assailants leaving the scene, they wrapped a noose around Smollett's neck. Several sources, including Smollett himself, have also reported that the assailants said, this is MAGA country during the attack. Smollett refused to be transported via ambulance, checking himself into Northwestern Hospital after the attack. Smollett is a New Yorker, but resides in Chicago during the filming of Empire. Police are treating this as a possible hate crime. The last update, the Chicago police have released images of two people of interest in the racist and homophobic attack on actor Jesse Smollett. The camera did not capture the attack itself, but police said that they are still reviewing camera footage from the area. 
Chicago police have also confirmed that a threatening letter was sent to Fox Studios in Chicago where Smollett works on January 22nd. The letter, according to a picture posted in the pop culture site The Grape Juice, said, You will die, black F-word. The, um, a picture of the stick figure with a noose around his neck being shot also is drawn on the paper. Smollett himself has not yet spoken publicly about the attack. Wow. So have That's you really heartbreaking. I mean, it is. a lot of I've seen a lot of posts on online in support of him, especially from celebrities and people in the, you know, Hollywood community. Um, but uh, I've also seen a lot of stuff because there's a lot of news articles that are posting like police to say it's a possible hate crime and everything. Right. And a lot of people are kind of outraged by that because, um, you know, it, it clearly was a hate crime. And I think they're just trying to like diminish it like. You know, and yeah, so that's made a lot of people upset, which I totally agree with. I mean, the whole thing is just heartbreaking. Yeah. Things like this still happen. No, I've I've read a couple, you know, different articles, you know, and trying to get the quotes and everything. So, you know, I think the the newspapers and the press in general trying to be careful about it. uh, But when the when they were leaving, I mean, they yelled you know, basically, uh, welcome to Trump's world. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I've, I've seen that in a couple of articles, mm-hmm. but not all of them. And, you know, that was reported, I think, by two people. Um, it's just, you know, kind of flips back from, you know, was it last week or the week before with the students in uh, D.C.? Uh, you know, with and uh, the mag hats up there and yeah. or over there. Um, it there just were attacks in uh, Texas? I want to say too, a, a couple were attacked in Texas, and um, you know their faces on online. You can see the f- photos in there. Right, they're horrible. So you know, it's as as a you know as a nation, as a um, you know a the LGBTQ community. Um, is that something you guys think about now more about safety stuff, or has it not gotten that close to you yet that you um, are concerned about that? I, I think about it um, when I'm in certain parts of town, especially with my uh, boyfriend, who is very clearly queer and um, presents that way. And uh, I mean, it's some, it, I mean, when you hear things like this, it just it just makes you feel unsafe, even in a big city where you think people are more liberal, people are more accepting in big cities like it still happens there. And um, we're in like an area of the country where it's especially prevalent, you know, yeah. It's just scary. It is scary. The only place that as a family, you know, over the 25 years that, you know, Kelly and I have had our eight children, mm-hmm. that we ever really had an incident in the pu- in public was New York City in the village right. of all places really? by mm-hmm. this yeah. crazy lady in um, a pizzeria. Like, huh. um, and that was the only time that I ever had to confront somebody and kind of stand them down. Yeah. Um, and, you know, of all, again, of all places. Um, and all my relatives are shocked, you know, because mm-hmm. here we're from Indiana and they expect, you know, that we have to, you know, dodge beer, beer bottles <laughs> every yeah, other right. day. Um, and this was sometime. This was actually even before um, Trump, you know, yeah. took, took well, office. But. I've, I, you know, I grew up by Chicago and I was in Chicago all the time. And I n- actually, I, I never feel safer than when I am there. So to hear this coming up and, and you know, um, well, and it, it makes me wonder 
where are these people from if right. they were from Chicago? Because really, honestly, Chicago is not MAGA country. Right. Well, hate, not, hate, well, you know, goes everywhere. So yeah, it does. That's what I was going to say. And I lived in Chicago for seven years, and yeah. I knew many people that got gay bashed in Chicago. Yeah. It, was, well, there it was, was sort of shocking. Bash Back was huge there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know who Bash Back are. It, it's kind listeners. of an underground uh, group who um, uh, were involved with protection and um, maybe some other uh, forms of uh, proactive uh, action, mm-hmm. direct action, but uh, kind of like the uh, pink, a- or what are they called? Where are the angels? In oh, yes. I'm sorry, but you yeah, just said that. with In New York City. It. there's Yes. Yeah. So, you know, it's uh, it was a protective group and um, trying to make people aware that this is not acceptable in right. this town. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's important for when it happens that, you know, I think sometimes people, they don't say anything and they don't report it to the police. And that's really important because they want to kind of forget it and let it go. Or it wasn't a big deal or it wasn't bad enough that it needs to be reported. And I think our community in a whole needs to, you know, encourage one another Mm -hmm. that when something happens, and even if it's kind of outside the spectrum of what you might feel is bashing, Mm -hmm. um, let the police be the judge of that, but at least report it. Mm -hmm. In the trans community, though, um, very commonly, uh, the police actually have exacerbated or continued on the, the, um, uh, the abuse. And that that's something for the trans community in particular, but also LGBT community, depending on where you're at. Uh, you know, the police are, are average citizens too. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in some ways, they're they're drawn from the community, and sometimes they have prejudices. So right. uh, there is a um, at least a a uh, impression right. that they might not be the first people to call. Right, but I think f- in the order for it to just be reported. Right, and that's what right. I'm talking about. Yeah. Make and, it. Make you know, a I think we do live in a community where I think you know it, we're not perfect by any means, but where I think you know. It's it's worth reporting, and I think that uh, you know safety is something obviously you want to think about. But you know, right. I think at the same time, you know that it, it needs to be reported because they're not going to have the stats, mm-hmm. and we can't say you know it's like oh we we don't have this happen in our community. Right. It doesn't happen in Bloomington. It doesn't happen in Chechnya because right. we don't have yeah, LGBT folks. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. That's what we talked about last week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think it's important for people to have those conversations with their friends, and it's like you know. What you know? Why why would you report? And you know what what the big picture is? What's the right. outcome for it? And we want the statistics mm-hmm. to know. Hopefully, it's we're we're less than you know. This is the safest we're place to be in the world. We hope you know at Bloomington, you know, is that. But it's important that you know people and and around because we don't you know our our, our show <laughs> you know goes yeah. a lot of places. Well, so and and that's why it's important for Indiana to to have. Uh, a bias crime law that actually uh, requires reporting to not only the state but to federal government so those statistics are actually counted because right now you can report it but the statistics they're they're not required to report anything about bias crime right so, so I think you know just it ties into a lot of things right I think what we're going to do before we uh, head on to our next news stories we're going to go ahead and take a music break and after our music music break uh, Ireland will be back with more
Welcome back to Blooming Out. And that was very good music, Lucas. We've been like rocking it out here. Mm -hmm. I like it. So that was Toro y Moi, Ordinary Pleasures. And uh, back to you, Ireland. Yeah, I have a story (laughs) that is pretty interesting. Um, This is also sourced from LGBTQ Nation. A far-right conservative group is aligning with radical feminists to attack trans rights. Four leftist activists united this past weekend with the ultra-conservative Heritage Foundation to attack transgender people's identities, calling the transgender equality movement a men's men's rights movement. The trans-exclusionary radical feminists, or TERFs, appeared on a panel at the Heritage Foundation's office in Washington, D.C., entitled The Inequality of the Equality Act, Concerned from the Left. But the panel didn't discuss any concerns about the Equality Act other than that it includes discrimination protections for transgender people. Three of the TERFs who appeared on the panel are associated with the group Women's Liberation Front, or WOLF. At least one of the women identifies as a lesbian, and one panelist said that he used to identify as a trans woman, but does not anymore. 
The discussion was moderated by Ryan Anderson, a far-right activist best known for his book When Harry Became Sally. That book, which accuses transgender activists of a ruthless campaign to coerce anyone who dares to dissent, relies on misinterpreting studies, myths, and gender stereotypes. Jennifer Chavez spoke after Anderson, and she called transgender identity, quote, the new eating disorder and a mass craze. After Chavez, ex-transgender woman Hoxie Horvath spoke about how he misgenders and dead names transgender people on purpose. Quote, I don't care if it hurts their feelings, he said, calling transgender identity a form of gaslighting. Julia Beck talked about how her tenure on the LGBTQ commission in Baltimore came to an end. She repeatedly made transphobic comments and misgendered transgender people and was eventually kicked off the commission. Kara Dansky was the last panelist to speak, and she actually addressed the Equality Act, which would ban discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation and gender identity. She said that the bill should really be called the, quote, Women's Erasure Act because the law, quote, means effectively that women and girls will no longer exist as a coherent category worthy of civil rights protection. She did not cite any states or municipalities where banning discrimination against transgender people somehow legalized discrimination against cisgender women. The Heritage Foundation also opposes anti-discrimination laws. They believe that any legislation that protects LGBTQ people is unjustified, infringes on their religious liberty, and sends a message that it's okay to be LGBTQ, which contradicts traditional Judeo-Christian beliefs. TERFs usually dislike being compared to Christian conservatives, and Anderson justified their appearance by saying that no one on the left would host their panel discussion. Their appearance at uh, Heritage shows that TERFs are less bothered about being associated with Christian conservatives today and that their an- antipathy toward transgender people motivates them more than their concern for women's and lesbian, gay, and bisexual rights. Wow. Which um, <laughs> I, I watched um, a video of uh, the, um, the panel that they had recorded and um, the first the first woman that spoke after the the host um, Jennifer Chavez she was reading stories that she had received anonymously from parents who were like concerned about their kids but they were basically just stories about parents kicking their kids out and trying to look for justification for it um, so like sad. it's really sad yeah. I mean she was just ta- she was she told a story about th- this one woman who um, kicked her um, transgender son out and um, she was like, it's heartbreaking to me because now he's homeless and he has all these mental health issues and he's um, destroying his body is what she was saying. And um, yeah, all the, all, and, but she was just looking for justification about saying all these horrible things about her child, you know? And um, the other people were on the panel were um, basically arguing that like, um, allowing children to decide for themselves whether, you know, um, they were like saying that um, people or children as young as two are are being allowed to have sex changes and all of that. And they're saying how that's wrong and they're destroying these children's bodies without their parents' consent. And basically they were arguing that the parents should have a right to disagree with their child's gender identity and um, make decisions for them based on what they think and 
you know, and I, I just think that's ridiculous. That's I mean, all ridiculous. It's just, it's, it just it's like, is it a Russian and, you know, guess, are they like, I mean, you know, <laughs> what's going on? I mean, is that where they are now today? Yeah. Um, I, I, when I was reading the story, and I think, uh, <coughs> Melanie, correct me if not, we talked about this months ago, didn't we? Right. Well, I mean, it's, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and it, um, it's a uh, been going on for a couple of years. That right. They've slowly been aligning themselves with the far right. And, uh, they're is, they're out of Canada, is that right? Do I or I totally got that wrong? I um, don't. I remember. thought you had. Okay. I'm not. Um, I at one time in my life, I I used to try to talk with right, uh, that's turfs, I and uh, uh, I actually have a friend now, a cis uh, male friend, who's <laughs> asking me for talking points and what are some evidences that I can give and. Uh, when talking with these people because he's running into them in forms that he's on and um, I'm like it's not you just can't they're uh, immune to any evidence Uh, and you know so so what do you think that their story is these do do you want me honestly be honest but I actually feel that they're coming from a place of hurt they're coming from a place of uh, of you know, in their life, they've been hurt somehow by cis men, and as uh, and and maybe even by trans women. I don't know, but uh, usually the story that I've heard is just about, you know, basically these are men trying to infiltrate and men trying to rape and men trying to mm-hmm. take, and uh, and that is a, just a, a theme that's hammered home. And so I, I feel that possibly for for many of them, uh, there is a lot of uh, stuff that is legitimate pain, is legitimate fear, and uh, they're misguided in their placement of it. Um, you know, you can take on some trans women, or you can take on right. cis males, and uh, um, and and that seems to be a, a lot of what I see mm-hmm. and and I have a lot of compassion for them in in that regard you know that's like, nice of you how do you now it's not nice mm-hmm. it's just you know I'm, I'm trying to see things from their point of view right now I get that and, um, and but they're can, are doing a lot of hurt and they, they're they causing are, a lot of pain well it's like bullies in school right right <laughs> those kids are bullied either because, at home or right, somewhere else right. and and their way of dealing with it is to externalize it right and push that bullying onto somebody else right mm-hmm. so yeah it's um you know when i was reading this i had to kind of read it again because i was like it's this you know but then i remembered we, we we covered this at one point um and it was real and then the youtube video that i think we should uh uh link it on to mm-hmm. the bottom of the show afterwards mm-hmm. is really interesting it's about an hour long isn't it yeah it's, yeah it's not a short one but it's it's interesting and I, I don't know, just trying to get your head wrapped around it all. What but. was odd to me is that they had all these um, figures that they were showing, like on a projection behind the panel, and um, it was all like statistics on transgender um, people being bullied in school, having higher rates of suicide, but then they were spinning it that um, instead of helping you know, transgender people, they were saying, well, we shouldn't let them be trans they we shouldn't let them present the way they want to present in the first place because they think that that's what's giving giving them all of this trouble not their you know um 
they're uh, being bullied because of their gender identity. Like they're saying that they're being bullied because they've chosen right. to yeah, right. present this way. Which and African Americans should just present as white, <laughs> right? And then they like, wouldn't have that problem. <laughs> I mean, right. no. Yeah, it's just backwards. It's yeah, yeah. It's it's something else. So this will continue. You know, we'll we'll, we'll kind of follow this, and mm-hmm. you know, it's just it's interesting, but it's you know, frightening and everything else. I mean, there's just you know, can't we all just be nice, get <laughs> along? I mean, what's going on, Justin? What's going on on your side of the news? Well, here's another topic that we've covered a few (laughs) times (laughs) is our old, old friend, Kim Davis from Kentucky, the county clerk from Kentucky. Um, You know, karma is (laughs) difficult for this woman. (laughs) Um, (laughs) She may have to pay $225,000 for her denial of gay couples marriage licenses. Um, uh, So infamous... Uh, Kentucky County Clerk Kim Davis had the full-throated support of Republican Governor Matt Bevan until it was time to pay the bill for her lawlessness. And now the governor's attorneys are telling the court that the state shouldn't have to pay for Davis's decision not to do her job. Bevan's lawyers say that Davis should pay the nearly $225,000 owed to the couple's lawyers to force the clerk's office to issue marriage licenses. They say her conduct violates civil rights, and that was the reason why the lawsuits were brought, and she acted without state sanction. Therefore, she should be held responsible. Davis, as we remember, went to jail for several days for contempt of court charges after refusing to follow a judge's decision that she was required to do so. Kentucky voters booted her out of office in the last election. To support Davis's crusade, Bevan's office cajoled state legislatures into m- removing the clerk's name from marriage certificates. A district judge ruled in 2017 that the state should pay the plaintiff's legal expenses. Bevan has appealed the decision, and a three-judge panel will hear arguments later this week. In the ruling, the same judge said that since the plaintiffs, plaintiffs had prevailed, the state must reimburse them for their legal costs. Her authority came from the state. She could have faced criminal charges for misconduct, and the state legislature could have impeached her. Instead, Governor Bevan called her an inspiration to the children of America, and the legislature changed the law to accommodate her. Therefore, the judge ruled the state is responsible for her conduct. Hmm. Wow, so mm-hmm. she'll That's- start a GoFundMe and yeah. she'll make ten billion dollars, right? You know, because oh. of all the crazy people out there. But it is a good slap in the face in the sense of hopefully that she will have to pay it, mm-hmm. and it will be her responsibility. I mean, what I, th- I think now she's off to school to become a minister, yeah. So she can oh. she preach all her prettiness. I did it at thirty-five dollars online. You like, you know. <laughs> kind of like I call you <laughs> preacher. Yeah, well, she's going to, st- I don't know, I don't know what school, the big top maybe, uh, you know, not to, you know, downplay clowns or anything, but she's, she's a job. <laughs> <laughs> not to insult clowns. Yeah, I, I'm, now I'm going to get all kinds of hate mail now. I'm terrified of clowns, so yeah. that's the only thing I'm scared of. Mm-hmm. And our address is. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, so hopefully she'll disappear and 
Clown Kingdom. Yeah, but she doesn't disappear. No. That's the thing. She keeps coming back. Yeah, she but comes back. But this is good stuff. This is good this stuff. This is good yeah. stuff. So we can, you know, kind of shake uh, or stick at her a little bit. Yeah. But hopefully that'll be the, you know, at least the end of her for a little while. Mm-hmm. The house will crush her and, you know, the clown, you know, from Wizard of Oz. Oh, yeah. You know, the yeah. Toto and all that. So her little black feet will... Don't splash her with water. That's that's right. like actually like a salt. Um, but she may melt. So. She may melt. No, she's, you know, she is a story and a half. And she did a lot of hurt to the LGBT community at the time. I mean, those poor... Well, even now, I mean, she's yeah. still a lightning rod. So yeah. No, she is. And, uh, you know, forever she'll be somebody to hold up for, for people who oppose us. Yeah. So. So, well, we just got to stay informed and stay on top of it. So uh, this is the time that we need to take our uh, music break as well as community minutes. And then we'll roll into our segment and be back. calendar February 1st and February 2nd that is tomorrow and Saturday we have the Pride Film Festival and that's at the Buskirk Chumley um, and then on February 2nd at 4:30, we have the IU alumni LGBT group at the Far Center on 4th and Rogers this will be a fun celebration with live music silent auction and festivities a $20 ticket includes plenty of food, a drink coupon, and your Saturday admission to the Pride Film Festival. Welcome to Just Mary, stories of love and citizenship in the decade of marriage equality. I'm Jennifer Bass. This week, Becca Costello talks to Faith Hawkins and Glenda Schultz about their journey from students in seminary to wife and wife. Hi, Becca. I'm Faith. Come on in. Nice to meet you. Hard to meet you. Thank you. I'm a little early. Faith and Glenda have been together for more than two decades, and like any other couple, they faced a number of obstacles. For one thing, they didn't exactly have love at first sight. 
we met when we were both students in seminary, where we were studying to, to become uh, Presbyterian ministers. And when we first met, <laughs> um, <laughs> it was a spring break trip. Yeah. And and I think during that spring break, I I recall you kind of got on my nerves a little bit, and you got on mine. Yeah, and I got yeah. on yours. Yeah. In fact, I we we took two cars, and I was very clear that I was not riding in the same <laughs> that we were not going to ride in the same car because I thought you talked too much. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> and we ended up living together every summer after that, but we didn't start dating until after we had graduated. Um, and we started dating right after graduation. But they also faced obstacles that straight couples don't even have to consider. They both grew up in families who taught them homosexuality is a sin, so they had to figure out for themselves if they were even okay with being gay. I remember thinking, come on, God, I mean, I'm sure your son Jesus. I mean, he had to have these same thoughts that I'm having. He hung around with 12 men <laughs> all the time, certainly. So I never had that sense that I was, that God hated me. I was just like, I was, I just thought I was confused. When I realized quite, it was literally one of those like words flashing in your brain moment of knowing that God created me gay very intentionally and it was a good thing and feeling when I thought that to myself, feeling God smile and say, well, finally, it's taken you a long time. Like many couples madly in love, Faith and Glenda decided to get married. But legal marriage wasn't an option for them in 1996 and even the covenanting ceremony they planned felt like a risk. Like we went to Crate and Barrel and registered. Um, that felt really risky and like they might not respond real positively. They were fine. They just wanted to sell China. But all of the things that go along with a, a big party and a big wedding felt not only outing ourselves, but potentially putting ourselves in a situation where somebody was going to give us a hard time. I had this dream one night that we were in our bed, and I heard this rumbling noise. This is like maybe a year after we'd been together. And I and in my dream, I got up and looked, and there were, there were tanks coming to bulldoze our house down. And my first thought was, oh, my God, they're coming for us because we're gay. And Faith and Glenda have seen firsthand the devastating impact discrimination can have they saw what happened to close friends, Tammy and Anna. Tammy uh, died of a heart attack the day before her 34th birthday. Yeah. And her partner, you know, tried CPR, all of that, got to the hospital, and the hospital would not tell her the condition. Only hours later, after Tammy's parents had faxed the hospital, did the hospital tell Anna that Tammy had died and I remember thinking that if either one of us had walked into the hospital wearing a clerical collar we would have been able to get that news for Anna sooner than Anna which made no sense at all um, and it was a real in addition to being extremely upsetting to have lost Tammy it's something that was always in the back of our minds that that 
one of us could have a major accident and the other could not only be locked out of the knowledge of what was going on, but not make decisions for you. So, so we would, every time we moved to a different state, go to a lawyer and put in place five or six different legal documents to try to get the protections. If not now, tell me when. On June 1st, 2014, gay marriage became legal in Illinois. Faith and Glenda could finally formalize those legal protections they needed. So they grabbed a couple friends and made the four-hour car trip from Bloomington, Indiana to Chicago. On that sunny afternoon, they reaffirmed a commitment they'd made to each other almost two decades earlier. At our covenanting ceremony in 96, we had gotten to know um, a singer-songwriter, Carrie Newcomer, and she had this great song called The Yes of Yes, and we loved that. So we had another friend in Atlanta sing that. And then when we had our ceremony, Carrie and her husband, Robert, were with us in the courthouse, and Carrie sang that song. So it was really neat. It didn't, it was really funny. I was like, oh my God, here's a connection between the covenanting and 96 and now this legal um, ceremony in 2014. When the morning comes, like a moment blessed, breathing next to you, my yes of yes. Marriage provides a lot of practical benefits, but for couples like Faith and Glenda, the right to marry means much more than that. I never referred to her as my wife until we were legally married. I always referred to you as my partner. Mm -hmm. Um... And since we got legally married, I usually refer to you as my wife, Mm -hmm. um, which is kind of a stake in the ground for me. And, you know, sometimes it kind of, you can see people do a double take, and I'm like, yeah, just live with that. The other thing that just occurred to me, as I'm doing some ancestry stuff and genealogy, there's some proof there that, oh, these they did get married and they were gay it wasn't just because i can i know some of my family members are not going to ever admit and they haven't admitted that i'm gay and so i like that there's this you know we can point to this and there's this document that says yes indeed and if somebody looks in ancestry.com in 20 years they're going to find that under the public documents and it's going to have been a real thing yeah Support for Just Married comes from the Indiana University's Department of Gender Studies, the Office for Vice President for Research New Frontiers Program, and the IU Bloomington Arts and Humanities Council. WFHB's Blooming Out is our podcast host. Thanks to our guest producer, Becca Costello, and to singer-songwriter Carrie Newcomer. Listen to Just Married podcasts on wfhb.org slash just-married or find us on Facebook at Marriage Equality Heartland. Welcome back to Blooming Out. Um, I stole my, uh, the introduction from uh, Melanie, sorry. <laughs> I didn't know if you were- I was here, I was right you were here. So we'll drop. Sorry about that technical glitch uh, before everybody, um, but we had a little 
issue with the real. Not that there's really a real, but we'll we'll blame it on it. <laughs> 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 Virtual real. I, I've what never seen one. one you're dating yourself. <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> got Nobody out there knows what you're talking about. I know. <laughs> I do. The I wax do. tube was not ready. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, we're back. And um, thank you, um, Faith and Glenda, for being here. We appreciate you guys uh, taking the time and sharing mm-hmm. your story at both the uh, um, you know, it's it's it always makes my heart feel warm, and I always get yeah, chills when I hear mm-hmm. the couples tell their stories. Oh, yeah. it's all smiles and like you know, I'm I'm gushing. I look crying a little bit. Yeah. That was a very <laughs> powerful that was story. That's so sweet. Thank you yeah. for that. That's sweet. Yeah. Well, and I think you know, I mean, the stories you were telling earlier were just so heartbreaking, and right. so I'm glad that we could be a part of the project and really thank Jenny Bass for asking us and Becca Costello. I mean, they just did such a great job. So it's, I think it does help. It gives some hope. Right, right. You know, I think uh, um, when I was young and <laughs> having that conversation with God about, come on, you know, um, I was really scared. And so thinking about other young folks trying to come out, because right. I knew in high school and I just... Mm-hmm. But I was, I was. Is that when you connected that, you know, that Mm -hmm. you were. Yeah, I knew I was different than my friends. I could not understand why they liked guys in that way. So it was high school. Yeah, I was like, you are nuts. But I was, (laughs) (laughs) I was, but I was a leader in my church. Mm -hmm. I was the music leader. And so it, there's no way I could have come out so were you afraid that you were doomed to hell and or was it not yeah I didn't have that sense which is weird I I think my spirituality and my sense of God is so different Mm -hmm. from what I was brought up in Presbyterianism and Mm -hmm. And that I have to get this in. I'm from Nevada, right. and so my spirituality, <laughs> my spirituality is so right. tied with, uh, like that conversation mm-hmm. I had with God about Jesus and the disciples. I mean, I that, love was, that. that was <laughs> that was that was walking around my family's ranch, which is which is at the foothills of the Sierras. Right. So I mean, you can't look at that and not, to me, believe. But. Right. So that connection, I was like, I just kind of ignored it for a while, but I. I kind of knew at some point I'd have to deal with it. So I dealt with it in seminary. Like we joke about how all good lesbian Christians do. (laughs) And and that's where they meet. Did you, you, um, I'm sorry, Justin. No, I was going to say, so are you still part of the church? Is that still part of your life? Actually, we're not. No, too many, uh, too many heartbreaks, I think. Mm -hmm. And and a major one in seminary. I don't know if you want to talk about that. I didn't even go to seminary until I thought I had solved the gay thing and I knew I was straight. And then my first semester in seminary, I think if seminary does a good job, it makes you come face to face with who you are. And seminary did a great job for me and and I came face to face with that and embraced it. Um, Our senior year, uh, just as I was coming to say, I can get ordained and I think I'm supposed to get ordained, the Presbyterian Church went through an internal trial and uh, explicitly excluded uh, practicing Practicing. unrepentant homosexuals Mm -hmm. from being ordained. Um, And when we were at at seminary, I was probably the most out person there Mm -hmm. and became the focus of a lot of the the hostility. Um, both with the, at the seminary and in my 
presbytery, which sort of sponsors you for ordination. And I think we have many friends who back then got ordained and went into the church and were very closeted. And mm-hmm. we had some friends who who got into the church and came out and were sacrificed. Mm-hmm. And we were pretty clear that was not what we were called to do. So so we ended up deciding not to get ordained. And mm-hmm. You went into Ph.D. work. I got a Ph.D. And and I went into chaplaincy work. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. 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 So. Did, did either one of you have role models or somebody prior to even you guys meeting? Or was, were you each other's role model at that point? Or maybe somebody in seminary that... Uh, I had a lot of gay friends in college, um, and and actually had my first gay relationship in college, and um, so I had role models of what it was to be a healthy, um, uh, at ease person, but none of those folks had any relationship to organized religion, and so I didn't have models for that, and I don't think there yeah. were a lot of models of Mm-mm. it. Right. Um, there were not at seminary. Yeah, and yeah. there weren't. Should we name the seminary? Do we care? We, I don't think we need okay, to. Okay, we don't um, need to. Uh, <laughs> I can promise you it's not the one that Kim Davis is going to go yeah, to. Um, <laughs> but but um, so I don't think we had a lot of models in no. seminary. And, no. and We had a lot of straight friends that were allies. I amazing mean, allies. That's so good. when we yeah. had our covenanting in 96 in Decatur, Georgia, we um, invited so many of our friends that had gone on to do ministry and were ministers and so they wanted to be a part of it and um and that was our I think we only had a few gay couples really there and and, And and none of them were ordained right and 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 actually for our friends who they could have gotten defrocked for participating in that yeah. service back then. Really? So, yeah. 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 It was pretty hostile. Yeah. The the like woman who did our ceremony, she asked us. She said, "Do you want me to be in robe? In a, you know, in a robe?" And we thought about. It and we said yes. And she goes, "Well, that's fine. I will wear a robe." She was a mentor of both of ours, and um, she said, "But we can't have any pictures of me right in with you within the robe." You know, I, I can't do any wow. of that. So yeah. we, um, yeah. It, Did it, you have your family there? Each <laughs> of us had one family one member family. there. Um, yeah. Neither of our families at that stage were supportive. Um, and so Both your parents still alive at that point? Um, or? Your dad was alive and both my yeah. parents were alive. Yeah. And I was not out to okay. my... Uh, my dad had had a stroke, and mm-hmm. my mother had died years before. Although my mother knew, okay, she and knew. She, oh yeah, in <laughs> high school she knew. She's like, the way you and Kate act is like your boyfriend and girlfriend. Okay. If you don't stop that, people are gonna okay. think you're a lesbian. <laughs> right. And I was like, oh, <laughs> right. oh, that's the word. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Robert. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So so and my parents. Um, uh, who who ended up being lovely and and adoring Glenda. Um, but they they are products of their culture right. and their generation, and so they really struggled. Um, Glenda and I had actually been together for nine years before they met her. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, Did they know Glenda? Was oh, they knew she existed. Okay. We okay. had it originally a rule that they basically said, we never want this to be mentioned again. And so even using the pronoun we was breaking that rule. Wow. And I would break, you know, for... Uh, right after they set that rule, I was still in seminary. I remember my mom and I were on the phone, and she asked what I had done that weekend. And I said, I can't answer that question, but I need to explain why. 
Okay. I went to the movies with my friend Susan. I don't want you to think I'm breaking the rule here. So I'm going to tell you that Susan's fiance, David, is out of town on business, which is a lot more information than I would normally give you. So I've just broken the rule <laughs> by proving I didn't break the rule. And she said, yeah, it's pretty complicated. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, just we was a bad thing to say. Um, but at our at our covenanting ceremony, um, Glenda's uh, cousin, Julie, mm-hmm. came out from Nevada and did a reading. And my sister came down from New York and... Um, and we had our chosen family um, of uh, just a wonderful group of friends from all parts of our lives. Um, and I will say the thing that was really cool about it, and I still most love, I think a lot of straight couples get married and they don't really think about it. Right. We were creating something from scratch, and every single thing we thought about, do we want this, do we not? And one of the things we felt very strongly about was since this had no state or church recognition, what would give it meaning was the people in the room. And so we wrote a a service that they actually were by the power vested in them. Oh, yeah, Mm -hmm. that's lovely. Um, And what did your roommate say? Oh, I my roommate and then somebody I worked with both said they'd been to so many weddings, but this one was probably one of the most powerful ones and yet it really wasn't a wedding you know but it and because they they really felt like oh they're talking to me I'm now a part of their relationship and and I must you know help support them the best that I can so they they really felt that connection so yeah so it was yeah. a it was a lovely it was ceremony that's so beautiful mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah that's the the one thing you know not to pull the show about me but when we um <laughs> when we married i we, we were kind of oh we'll get married you know we're doing it for the kids we're doing it for all the laws we're doing it for that um but and, and i you know i talked about that in our segment is that i didn't know how powerful mm-hmm. the marriage when, when i said it and it was done what impact it made it right. goes from partner to you know to husband mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know or you know it was just it, it was and I was like and that was the last thing right. and I, it's you know to hear you guys kind of say the same thing that that mm-hmm. was just yeah. the and in Chicago when we got married in City Hall it was so wonderful we really wanted something very small so Carrie and Robert and um, their daughter and son-in-law were the only folks who were there right. and but but there's this long hallway of people waiting to get married, many of whom are in their Sunday best. They are they have friends and family there. And every time a couple comes out of the judges' chambers, the whole hallway applauds. Aww. Yeah. Aww. And so it was, it was really just, cool. It was really cool to do it. You know, yeah. I had wondered why we w- would make any anything of this, and it was right. really special. Yeah. Um, and the judge cried when he read our vows. Oh, he was yeah. like, I know. And when oh. Carrie sang. Oh. And when yeah, Carrie when Gary, sang. Yeah. 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 It, never, it never hurts to have yeah. Carrie no, provide no, music. No. So. Yeah. <laughs> wonderful. Yeah. So hopefully there's lots of lovely pictures and... There, no. Yeah, there are a few. I um, didn't like the dress I wore that day. <laughs> but, but you liked uh, who was standing next to you. So that's right. Okay. Photoshop. Nice save. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm yes, used thank to doing you. that. Um, so, um, uh, amazing story. And, you know, right. we're running short on time. Um, we, you know, we, we had a little glitch, so we weren't able to ask you some yeah. of the other questions that we had there. But, um, you know, powerful. And thank you for, for being here. And, 
um, we, we love you being part of the segment. Oh, yeah. And well, and thanks to, thanks to you all for airing it. And, yeah, and, to and you have such a wonderful the, show. I'm yeah. so oh, And the yeah. Oral History Project is a really good yeah, thing. Yeah, it's so. amazing. Uh-huh. It's fabulous. It's yeah. amazing. Um, we're, so we're out of time. Um, it was a great show. We want to thank uh, Jennifer Bass, the Project Director of Marriage Equality, Stories from the Heartland, and as well as our special guests, uh, Faith Hawkins and Glenda Schultz, for taking time to visit us on Blooming Out. Additional thanks to all of our listeners and volunteers for making this possible. I'm Melanie Davis. Blooming Out is produced by Frankie Preslaff. Our executive producer is WFHB News Director Wes Martin. Lucas Fisher is our engineer. Blooming Out's community liaison is Alex Ashkin. Our interns are Jasper Tony and Ireland Meacham. For Blooming Out and WFHB, I'm Justin Robertson. And I'm Frankie Preslaff. And remember, if everything was straight, roller coasters would be one long, boring ride. Good night from your Blooming Out family. You've been listening to Blooming Out on WFHB. Blooming Out is a product of WFHB's News and Public Affairs Department. Tune in every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. for Indiana's only LGBTQ plus news and public affairs program. You can hear this and other programs online at WFHB.org. Comments and suggestions for future topics or guests can be sent to bloomingout at WFHB.org. That is blooming O-U-T at WFHB.org. And thank you for listening. I Wow.